well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay, and Sean is here. It's Homo Superior. Hey, Adora. It's a special extra issue. We're talking about Shira seasons two and three, and we have our good friend Sean Paul Ellis back from Saturday Morning Cartoons, Morning with a U. Sean, talk to us about your podcast. Uh, big from it. Back from his big deal with Collider. <laughs> He's made it, folks. He's got a real podcast. Do not. Uh, we are the Collider.com weekly podcast for all things animation. We do uh, animation news, reviews, and interviews is what we're doing right now. So nice. very excited to talk about uh, the recent seasons of Shiro with you guys. Great. And uh, Sean has been kind enough to invite some of us on his podcast a few times. I know Ryan, Adam, Brent, and I uh, have all been on the podcast before talking about various great to shitty cartoons. <laughs> well, you came on and you talked about Bubblegum Crisis. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I sadly then brought you back along with Brent to be able to talk about King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Oh, what a great cartoon Rough. that was. Wow. And then that one was It was tough. a series of three still images of <laughs> King Arthur. I tried to watch some of the, of the clips boys. of that. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's just very weird. And then, uh, Ryan, you've been on to talk She-Ra, the original and the new one. And then, yeah. thankfully, uh, Adam came on to talk about BoJack, one of my favorite cartoons. Perfect person. Perfect. Yeah. Because Kate Simes had only watched one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. So you've listened to our podcast before and Clark before. What TV show would you want to do with him, or would would work for him? Ooh, with Clark. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's always a wild card for me because I would want to do something that I think that he would hate, so that I could try to sell him on something fun with it. That'll never happen. Mm-hmm. But I, and nice I know. try. We do that but every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he barely I, tolerates us punching a glacier. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of a challenge, but then I would love to have him on to do a cartoon that he would absolutely adore and love. So if you guys oh, know hey, one, Adora. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not Shira. Well, do not iteration. invite him for Shira. Yeah, he no. would not enjoy. It. You're gonna always come back to talk Shira. Oh yes. So uh, why don't we get into uh, the plot for seasons two and three, which felt like one big season? So Adam, you mm-hmm. want to take us away? Sure. The Princess Alliance is generally working, but has growing pains. As a result, there's a stalemate with the Horde. The Alliance finds out that Entrapta is still alive, but is working with the Horde. Catra, hey, Adora, is ordered to move Shadow Weaver to Beast Island, but keeps her around to learn more about her wants and what wants her approval. Of course, Shadow Weaver escapes. She, Lorraine Toussaint is a fucking saint. Her voice is incredible. I yeah. love it's her voice. It's not part of the recap, but I just it's have like to say that. It's like a haunted house's door closing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, singing an R&B song from the 60s. She's Yeah, Absolutely incredible. I love yeah. that woman. Yeah. She's great. Um, season three begins with Shadow Weaver going to Bright Moon to seek reproach with Aurora and ostensibly joins the rebellion. What was that word? <laughs> <laughs> Joel Olstein joins the rebellion. Uh, most of... Most of the season is focused on both the Horde and the Resistance looking for the first one's tech. Hordak wants it so he can open a portal to the rest of the Horde. We find out that he's an imperfect clone of Hordak Prime. Shira finds out that Mara Shira <laughs> Etheria, so that's a real tongue twister, yeah. had Etheria so the Horde couldn't, Another theater classic. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find the planet. The portal gets opened because Catra successfully steals the sword. That bitch. This results in a perfect version, quote-unquote, of Etheria where everyone is happy. Aurora is still Force Captain and besties with Catra. 
Glimmer has both of her parents alive and as well. And actually, that was the first time we really saw the dad in some sort of... Yeah. Well, we saw him as a kid. Right. Yeah. Such but that was all part of the past two Micah? seasons. Micah. Yeah, Micah. Micah. Yeah. Little pocket otter. With uh, light, <laughs> yeah. light Spinner was the original. Yeah, she was in that episode, so we'll yeah. get more into that. Bo is an apprentice master librarian because his two dads wanted him to be... Uh, Aurora realizes that this isn't real and she goes to close the portal. She ends up getting help from Ange- Angela, who sacrifices herself to restore reality. For Every- Queen Angela. Angela. Um, she finally did something. After three seasons, she Ooh. actually... Um, instead did. of yelling at Glimmer, <laughs> go to your room, Glimmer. And Glimmer. Looking, yes, and looking like she belongs in a Daft Punk music video. She does, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a Daft Punk music video where it's all about asking for someone's manager. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would. Everyone escapes with a pre-credit scene that shows the disruption alerting Hordak Prime about Etheria setting up a season four that we definitely, oh, I definitely want. I don't know how you yeah. all feel. 100% on board. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, what makes this, I guess, two season, really it's one fucking season. Let's just call it. It's one season. one season. I was trying to read up on like why it was split up like this because it first came out and I started watching and I was like, it's only this many episodes. Yeah. And I was getting weird reviews and people were not liking this second season because it was too short. Only right. seven episodes. And then it comes out with six episodes. Did anyone find out why it was only half and half? It was so strange. They So Noelle Stevenson said that she had originally planned at least uh, they started with just one. They were going to be like, we'll do 13 episodes and that's it. Then, obviously, it got approved for more, and then she's like, okay, we built out an arc that could go for four seasons for 13 episodes. But I think because of the way the model worked with that, most shows release on Netflix as seasons or as parts. I think Netflix was like, I've seen it already that Netflix is moving towards a model of how can they keep people subscribing. Mm, So I'm pretty sure they're like, you're going to release it within a year. You're going to, but we can't call it parts anymore. You can call it season two, part one, because nobody wants that. Right. So you're like, fuck it. Just call them two different seasons with different cliffhangers. You're so right. I think it's the same paradigm because it's DreamWorks Entertainment that has been doing this, their production arm. And a lot of the same people have worked on Voltron, Legendary Defender. And so Voltron kind of slow rolled the exact same paradigm where the first season, I think they were just really excited to do it. It was something like eight or nine episodes. The first episode was like an hour long. And then every subsequent season, they kind of removed episodes, made it shorter, kind of made it tighter. It's challenging because, you know, you you want more. You want it to feel like a complete season. At the same time, though, I enjoy these shorter seasons because if my only complaint from a majority of them is that it's left me wanting more, then I feel like that's a decent sign sure. and of I, a Netflix series. And Great we've point. talked about how some Netflix shows, especially the Marvel ones, are too bloated, like mm-hmm. the 12 to 13 episodes. Uh. There's not enough story to go along. I am really glad, though, I watched two and three back to back because mm-hmm. if I had watched two, I was like, Same. well, the first three episodes are kind of eh, and then it starts getting really good with episode four, the Dungeons and Dragons episode, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, a pretty good cliffhanger. And I would have been like, oh, it just got started. Sorry. Yeah, I want more. But I'm like, they kind of wasted the first half of the season. But watching two and three back to back, I was like. Oh, I, I kind of see what they were doing, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely a problem for me because I did watch the first four episodes oh, and did. was just so – I was just like, I can't <laughs> I can't keep doing this. And then I waited until season three came out, and I'm like, 
I liked season one. Let me give this a chance. And then it was a very nice flow <laughs> from like halfway in season one or season two yeah. through season three. Right. And I knocked that out in like an afternoon. Yeah. I, I would recommend people just saving them up and then binge them together. So then let me ask all of you, and I think Adam was about to ask this, what makes the show or th- these seasons, this one big season, great and what makes it not great? So we'll start with what makes it great. Who wants to go? I think um, the continuing development of Catra and that complicated relationship she has with her her past and the people who have treated her poorly and the desire to like achieve is done in a nuanced enough way for this kind of show that I'm always excited to see her mm-hmm. to see her like interact with people and be kind of a bitch and maybe like change a little bit and grow and like feel pain like a person. Her um, experiences in the Crimson Waste, her like whole episode there, I think is one of my favorites. It's fantastic. Because it's, so it's good. a real nice like realization of how good she actually is in terms of like being a bad guy. Because there was even the thing specifically with, uh, obviously Hordak is always holding her back and is like, you're terrible at your job, blah, blah, blah. But then Entrapta also proves that she's actually a really good captain inside of the horror. Yeah. She puts together like a PowerPoint presentation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These are the reasons, these are the metrics that I've captured. <laughs> and this is the projections that I feel for Catra for yeah. next quarter. And, and it was just nice. Because the, also the best. Because yeah, the show totally. tends to downplay her impact. Like obviously she ends up right. always overplaying her hand and getting too emotionally connected to everything. But it's like, I'm glad that they continue to showcase that she's not a bumbling, like, She's not angry because of how she's not good at her job. She's angry because of the emotional impact and the relationship she has around her, which I think I, is a great I've character. also never right. seen a show uh, balance the villains as well as they do like the like the actual hero quote yeah. hero characters right. because it in one episode uh, Shira was finding out about her like history and what what it meant. And then they kept going to the like uh, catcher side of it, and I was like, I'm invested in both, both. sides mm-hmm. so much, and I just want to know the lore about it because that's what really mm-hmm. interests me. But it was so engaging, both sides of it. So, so well done to the writer to actually. So that's do actually, that. I think, like there's a historical antecedent there with these kinds of cartoons back in the 80s and 90s because the Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> when you were watching. Uh, he-Man, She-Ra, G.I. Joe, Transformers. The villains were always more interesting because the, the good guys were just good. good. There was right. like very little like you know character development. They were mostly just very positive characters. Villains, there's always like is Cobra Commander and Destro. They're like you know conspiring against each other. Megatron mm-hmm. and Starscream, uh, Skeletor and Beast Man. Uh, you know you saw some of that happen. So I think this is a really smart update of like looking through the various uh, like machinations of the antagonist. But Catra, especially to Brent's point and to Adam's point, is like she's, she's a villainous, but she's also a very compelling anti-hero. Yeah. I, I would say it, it's the anti-hero on top of that is just the fun aspects and facets of her as just a, like a person mm-hmm. in general. There's so many complexities from watching her begin to kind of really doubt herself and her profession or her career within the horde 
you know, to, to Good figure benefits. Out. Yeah. <laughs> the, and great. A lot of four oh, those, um, they got, yeah, yeah, they have those pro, the ration bars, right? <laughs> then the flashback <laughs> yes. when she has, the Oh, the gray flashback. ones are so much better than oh, the brown God. ones. We I made you this cake. All the cakes. Yeah. I think of it as like people buying a bunch of protein bars and then just slapping them like oh. birthday cake, protein bars, putting them on top of each other and be like, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Depends it, on the protein bar. It could be all right. You, you just get all these like nuanced aspects of her as a character you know going through that doubt going through moments of success you know uh, like her suddenly getting a promotion and I think that these things are all humanizing and very relatable Mm -hmm. to anybody who's watching suddenly to the point where she has that downfall where she's kicked to the crimson waist and she then has to kind of rediscover herself and she realizes in those moments that everybody else that I've worked with has held me back like Mm -hmm. I'm so good at doing what I'm doing I should just do this yeah how Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no. I was just gonna say I love you know the the moments then that she has with Scorpia, where right. yeah. she's she's having those conversations where Scorpia is kind of as a friend and I, I think as more than a friend mm-hmm. is saying, well, what if we just don't go back? Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And how unbelievably touching and heartbreaking that was, yeah. Scorpia, yeah. who has such unrequited love for Catra, and is like, you're great, and like you in a day accomplished all this. Why do we have to go back? That's a and, good point. And Catra just is like, no, we have to go back. It's all about like besting Aurora. Aurora gets what she wants. I'm not going to allow that to happen. So right. I love the fact that, you know, the kind of the older formula for these kind of villains is the same formula that happens in a lot of movies and TV where the way that writers make them villainous is if someone does one thing wrong, they're executed or exiled or murdered or whatever. And it's an absolutely terrible way of running any organization because (laughs) you would have people who would be deserters all the time. So to have that as like a side feature where characters you really like had a real chance of like going off on their own and also characters like Entrapta defending uh, uh, Catra saying like you got to change your mind because you guys you can't run villainy this way right well i mean even to further kind villainy of villainy isn't built on the backs of people <laughs> <laughs> i mean to further extend that idea brent is just the whole engagement that we have at the beginning of season three with shadow weaver mm-hmm. of her trying to go on this redemption arc of her dying her dying and wanting only to kind of best hordak it's that it's the the adage of like uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, I've never heard that. That's her. <laughs> 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 well, and sh- that's her entire plot line, which I love because right. they finally went into uh, Shadow Weaver's or Light Spinner's background right. and how she came to who she was. And I'm like, again, they s- continue to humanize all of the villains, which what is what makes it so interesting. So like, Ordax I- was. One was that we one should definitely we should yeah. talk about. Because so, that was so shocking. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the worst thing, or do we like it so much that we don't think that there's I, much I'll say to something it. like the beginning of season two, which started losing me, was I realized I did not care for a lot of the Princess Alliance very much. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the characters are very one-note. They're note. not yes. funny, yeah. right? And like they Frost, think they're funny, and they're not. They're there's not. only one, like, Mira. one... Mira, oh, shut Mira's, up. Oh, Wait, I like yeah. Mira. Yeah, it's Mira. Marmista. Mista, Marmista. Marmista, and Marmista, but Marmista's also one note. She's yes. got that, like, yeah. Aubrey Plaza-esque, That's like, exactly. yes. uh, I'm like, I guess I'm going to come on this mission. You know, sure, great. <laughs> Wait, that, were you oh impersonating her or just being yourself? I'm <laughs> being myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, is Aubrey Plaza here? <laughs> Nailed uh, it. <laughs> um, 
you know, she's fine. Um, and then the one who controls the plants. Perfuma. Perfuma is kind of annoying. I, and I'm actually always surprised by her character because yeah. she felt like when you met her initially, because I think she was the first that you met really from the Princess Alliance in season one, mm-hmm. she kind of had this idea of being a pacifist. And now she's sort of really gung-ho coming into her own. Her powers are, are pretty interesting in terms of what she's able to do. She's sort of embraced the fact that she's able to help with the Princess Alliance. I think her journey has been interesting for me to watch, but I can understand that's, the one That's note-ness. fair. I think Frosta's was the most disappointing because yes. I really liked her in season one. She's where spent on a fucking dime. I know. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, like yeah. best I was like, friends with all of them now. I know. I was like, and, weird. And she turns into like the annoying like kid character yes. who wouldn't leave Glimmer alone. I was like, when did this happen in between I know. seasons? Yeah, what? no, I think I think the second season had a rough start, and I also would agree with that. They honestly, most of the queens, the queens, the queens. Most of the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. season. Yeah. Shira is not that great. Um, no, but they definitely have downplayed them significantly. Like they literally only show up, especially past second season, like first three episodes. All they do is show up to fight because, yeah, I think they've realized that the triangle friendship of Aurora, Glimmer, and Bo, they're the most interesting characters. Yeah. And it's also a tight episode season. I bet if they had 26 episodes like kids shows used to have, they would definitely have a lot more like, here's your episode of the week involving this particular queen. I keep calling them queens. Yeah. They <laughs> well, they're, they're uh, queens to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I, yeah, yeah I think they that dropped was, the, they the dropped element. a lot of their threads. I feel like, yeah. Did it seem like, uh, to any of you guys that the, the stuff about Adora being one of the first ones was just like, it was just taking too long. Doesn't matter yeah. that much. Like well, that's not that shocking in this universe. So it, it wasn't. And I was actually expecting, uh, I put this in our, our, our uh, guidance document uh, of that she actually that uh, she would actually be from Eternia and then He-Man would show up again Ah. Uh, uh, even though Noel Stevenson has said that this He-Man is not part of the universe. There'd be something I don't know how he would even fit in this universe. It would feel Uh, very... He'd be gay as fuck. That's how he'd fit in. Or he'd be super misogynistic and they would just like kick him out. Shit on him. Yeah, be like, get Get out of here. Get out of here. I did... I did find it really interesting that, yeah, once they introduced the fact that there were other universes, I laughed because Glimmer's like, how could there, po-? like, she's like, shut up, Shadow Weaver. Like, there can't possibly be other universes, you idiot. I'm like, you all fucking fly around this goddamn yeah, but super that's normal with, for like, them. special powers. That, that's normal That's normal for them. for them. They don't know. They right. know mystical stuff, and they know science stuff only because of the horde like invading them. Like, if you told someone, like, from the past that we'd be able to fly regularly and it's annoying to us in a machine they, yeah. would, they would be like no that can't happen that's not normal and you have it's to wait like, 90 minutes to get somebody a customer represent a customer representative from an airline bullshit. it's right. absolutely awful i do have because i just thought about it as you said it i do have a very quick name game i'd like to play oh, okay. so great. This sounds fun. there's the horde mm-hmm. and then there's hordak so Ooh, yeah. come mm. up with a name based on some definition for a military battalion. <laughs> okay. I was like battalion, so, so like Metallica so, would be. No. My the, so name. my military is, and then also my super fans are called Crawlers. I would assume, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is my last name, Crawl. 
What, what's the military unit? Um, Crawlers. It's just like a bunch of weird guys. <laughs> they just get drunk and oh, like cause sir, damage. Sir, over the hills. Do you they're, see? Do you see the crawls? Yeah, yeah. The crawls in the hills. They're coming over here. The crawls are coming. The crawls <laughs> are coming. <laughs> they and all have mismatched shields, and they're not looking. They're weird. In our direction. They're weird. Like, like if you touch them, they're like, "Why are you wet?" Yeah. It's like one of those type of things. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, for like an old style like group of soldiers that would be like a, a phalanx. Phalanx, yeah. Phalanx, yeah. Uh, just phallix. Yeah. As just sort of <laughs> yeah. Yes. Carrying giant I'm dicks, I love it. Just, yeah. A yeah. Bunch, just a bunch of penises. Yeah, this is Sparta. Am I right? Uh, I think I'd do Legion. Nailed it. Got it. Legion. It's another name. It's a name. Someone's naming me. Legion Mahoney. Uh, I would be. Like, what no, would no, no. A Legion. <laughs> Legion. A Legion. A Legion. Right, but what would your Legion. name be? Legion. Legion's I not am, a name. No, he's so, like, so I am Legion. Get yeah. it? It's both. Get it? He's saying it's both. No, you're it's not just good. not good. I thought I said <laughs> And you it's left both. Platoon on the table? <laughs> you left Platoon on the table. We all left Platoon on the table. Mine would be a Junta. Platy. Okay. What yeah. would your name Platy? <laughs> See that? Hoon. I'd be Hoon. Junta the Hoon. Hoon yeah. of the Juntas. Just but that's also the like uh, the Skeksis. They're like they're like named Skexo, Skexal, Skexcol, and they're all they're there together as a name. Skeksis. I love their uh, show, Sexo in the City. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I like yeah. that. All right, I hated this name. <laughs> I hated this name. So many thumbs down. Ma- Ooh, the crawls are giving thumbs Ugh, down. Right all the crawlers are <laughs> angry out what, there. What's yeah. the? I feel like I need to have a lead in for when I ask. It's like bam, 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 bam. So I name that name. Name. So I do actually have a real question. So there's clearly like mine was real. Yeah. <laughs> but like a real, real question. Uh, so there's a lot of like, you know, characters that are completely good, completely evil, but there's a lot in in between. Like we have Catra somewhere in between, Scorpia is in between, Huntara, uh, Shadow Weaver has her face turned. If you created like an, an alignment chart, where would you place people? Oh. Well, you said this originally that Entrapped is chaotic neutral, which yeah. is yeah. she is a crystal clear version yeah. of that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you was Brent just to get credit. Yeah, yes. Just the audience. So here's a gold star, Brent. (laughs) Angela. I think Angela is lawful good because all she does is follow the rules. Yep, that's That's a good idea, Adam. (laughs) See, we're giving each other's names. (laughs) I was collectively you. Is Bo chaotic good? I guess because he's sort of like messy, right? Yeah. No, he's a neutral good. He's he's neutral. He's neutral. Maybe Swift Wind is chaotic good. We shouldn't be doing this. Like he's always like, we gotta slow down. But but he does break the rules with his gay dads. Oh, that's true. He breaks all the rules. Uh, I would say Seahawk is chaotic good. Oh man, he's always burning his shit. He is my dream. I love that guy. I think. I feel like uh, Mermista is neutral, neutral because she doesn't want to really do anything good unless it requires her to like. Do something like unless she's like okay. I, I actually believe. think Shadow Weaver is neutral, neutral. Mm, no, no, I think she's. What would that be? Yeah. Neutral evil. Yes. You don't think chaotic evil? No, chaotic she's evil. Chaotic. She's pretty. Well, I guess she's, she's yeah. calculated. Yeah. Uh, chaotic evil. Yeah. Who is chaotic evil in the show? Right uh, maybe the maybe the guy that Catra beats. Oh, oh, no, I know who. Tongue cha- lasher. I yeah. know who chaotic <laughs> evil is. is Your that- name is Tongue Lasher. Really? <laughs> it sounded stupider the second time <laughs> I heard it. I am Tongue Lasher. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it looks so strange. That character was like came out of nowhere, and you're like, why is this fucking dinosaur it's, just hanging? Yeah, it's it's like, also- it looked like it came from dinosaurs. It yeah, was so he strange. actually did. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's also spelled T U N G. So I do have the chaotic evil that we wanted. It was that fucking little 
rat bat <gasps> yeah. thing that's just like and just oh, rats that's a crawler that's, that's a crawler, that's a crawler. <laughs> now that's a crawler yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> delicious donut and also mm. bat creature <laughs> <laughs> so then who so lawful evil would be probably hordak right because he is like everything he has to go co- by the rules but uh, well because he's also got this kind of programmed nature of like he is uh of hordak prime so, like, there's kind of something set in his code that makes him follow rules. Right. So, like, Fair. his relationship with the Entrapta made him more chaotic right. as a result. That's a good point. Hmm. So, maybe he's neutral evil? I, would say I do think so. I think, he's, I think he's lawful evil. Okay. Currently, right Lawful now. evil. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him by the end of it. Is that weird to no. say? Again, it's to the point of this whole show that they keep they humanizing the villains, well, and they do such a great job with it. They're definitely building up. I would. I know we're, we don't have to go too far into looking forward, but like you can tell that they're humanizing him so that they can all fight against Hordak Prime for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. sooner or later, something's gonna flip. Um, wait. So then, who, which ones have we filled out? We did neutral, neutral. Do we do good neutral? Is that true? No, lawful neutral. Lawful neutral is. Isn't. Uh, I mean. Frosta season one. Frosta season one. I was going to... Oh, Frosta season one. I was also going to say, like, technically Scorpia is lawful neutral to me. Like I she, think so, too. Yeah, she follows the rules. She only... like It doesn't matter who she's serving. Right. She will serve someone, good or bad. Right. Totally. Uh, I would say Queen... What's her name? Annabelle? Amabel? Amadala. Uh, <laughs> What, Angela? Angela? <laughs> Angela. She's lawful good. She's lawful good. She says she's good, but she does everything in her power to stop people from doing good, <laughs> good things. Good things. Yes. Yeah. True. Just because they're not following the protocol. She's right. really stingy with that fucking pearl she's got, too, you know? Yeah, she's always hoarding <laughs> that pearl. I <laughs> see. So evil. Chaotic evil. <laughs> chaotic neutral. Do we have that? That's uh, yeah. That's right. Maybe that's we don't need all of them. Yeah, I, I, like, let's spend another thirty minutes making sure we got <laughs> we all could. four. What's Madame Raz? Madame Raz is chaotic. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm really yeah. glad they like use her very sparingly. Who the fuck show? was that bitch again? Yeah. Where did she, she showed up from? in like the first or second episode, and she, and she's from the original series. Okay. And she's a fucking tree witch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got a broom that had sentient life in the original series, and now she just carries a broom because it's weird. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of her. Um, I'm glad they brought her back. And Would some. you um, ever want to become a drag queen called Madame Az? Um, yeah, I, my you've seen how nappy my wigs are. I would be a perfect madam. You always have weird lighting, bloody like lightning bugs. You always let out. Oh yeah. Like, okay, I know this isn't the right form for it, uh-huh. but you walk around as Madam As, and your thing is that you like you get pre-made fortune cookies yeah. that you give to people, and they open it up, and it's like you better work till you twerk, bitch, or other stupid <laughs> nonsense just, predictions. Fortune cookies that just say, oh. "Hey, Adora." That's amazing. Or or the cookie. Like it says something on it, and I just do that thing to them. Like you're about to get slapped, and I just slap <laughs> the shit out of them. How do you know which cookie is which? I, they all say you're about to get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So many people hit at this track oh this God. weekend. It's unfucking believable. I never get yeah. booked again. <laughs> uh, I mean, you retire, Madam Ass. You come back as somebody so we else. Saw, <laughs> we saw a few different like terrains uh, in, like especially in the third season. We had like the Crimson Waste. waste. Is yeah. that what Call, which yes. is really kind of a it felt like in Beetlejuice like when they're like in that waste with like yeah. all the worms it, like it gave me totally. that vibe are there any other environments that you would like to either revisit or see in subsequent seasons I think what I would like the thing that worked about it was that they spent a lot of time there exploring an area meeting people and stuff I think 
we would like a lot of the princesses more if we could spend time in one of their villages yeah. and like have like a three episode mini arc which is kind of what we did in season one right yeah. a little bit but not lo- they like, were rushing around yes. remember remember when they had that weird flashback at the tail end of the third season where they're like still in this sort of like dream weird yeah. weird world where you go to Entrapta's castle and everything's like a robot there and it's super fun and it was such a weird environment yeah. it was super cool to be there for just a hot because they second. were there yeah. but all they were doing was interacting with these robots yeah. as if they were villains before yes. yeah It'd be yeah, I totally agree that it would be fun to go back to those. I'm yeah. kind of curious to go back to Mara's ship. I feel like mm. there's so much stuff yeah. that was there, just in terms of you know understanding the the lore and just sort of the the messaging and and how cryptic so many things were to kind of build to that towards the end of season three. I just feel like there's more potentially to mine there, or either the the horde is going to be going for more first ones tech that's inside of the ship. Um, I just think that that's kind of an interesting space since it's so similar to some of the other areas that you've seen Adora train within. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it offers potentially something new for her to learn more about herself, where she's from, Shira, and kind of hopefully evolve into more of just less of sort of the the stubborn headed kind of woman who's just going to kind of punch or hit things with a sword. We, we saw we saw the captain's brig of that of right. Mars ship, but what's the kitchen like? <laughs> Who knows the hall? What are That's, they? It's called what? the mess, yeah. Brent. Yeah, excuse me. I, uh, I'm going to put you in the brig, Brent. Uh, I did love when... Look uh, who knows shipping terms. <laughs> uh, I did love when Aurora saw the hologram of Mara. She goes, great, another friggin' hologram oh, yeah, that's on yeah. a loop. Great. I'm not getting any more information. I love that her frustration with that because... That is a trope. That's how you would feel. Too. Well, yeah. yeah. Punching it did get it to work. Punching yeah, it. Punching it finally got it to actually <laughs> it's work. It's called percussive maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> Fixing things by hitting them. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, so we, we've seen a lot of these different like areas. Time travel and the way they travel around is very strange in this. I know we have some teleport teleportation stuff, so it's a little bit different. But I think the... <laughs> Sometimes it's, Adora can get through that forest in a day and a half. Sometimes it takes an hour. Oh, it's, it's the Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it, I, I, it makes me feel hey, uncomfortable. Hey Ryan, what? Hey Ryan, sometimes you're going to have to suspend a little bit of disbelief. <laughs> hey. For a children's uh, show? In order to advance something in a 22-minute cartoon Sean, that only gets Sean, six episodes. I, Sean, I'm going to correct you. you got to say, hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> well, then let me see her going through that goddamn forest a little uh, bit I more. I think it's because this planet is the size of a basketball. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, she's on the other side of the globe. It's like quickly. in Rick and Morty at the end of season yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. palace is just so boring. Let's go somewhere else. Seriously. Oh, I know who yeah. I'm really exhausted of losing energy at just the right time Glimmer. in every goddamn episode. Mermista, no. <laughs> yeah, what, why are none of the other like princesses as limited as she is? I think because of just sort of the the main three, you know, and just sort of the, the arc. Like, she's also young. She's yeah. like, yeah. I suppose, yeah. You know, although I, Ice Girl, she's Frosta. but Frosta. none of them really do any. Yeah, Glimmer's only the one that's she's constantly great. teleporting. Everyone else is just like, yeah. oh, I'll use my power once. Frosta, Frost is constantly tired off screen. But <laughs> what you don't see with Glimmer is she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. Bleak, bleak, yeah. and you're like, bitch, just walk. Like she, you know, she's, she's using that you for lazy. Everything. I love yeah. it. She's real bad. <laughs> Is Frosta yeah. then just like freezing hers? Like, oh, like, yeah, like yeah, on yeah. the way out, just yeah. kind of like a little. Like, <laughs> Wait, I'll save it for later. Sorry. So <laughs> your idea is that Glimmer needs to go to the bathroom. She blinks away and then blinks right back. 
She's still going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> She's not smart. You know so, also, how is she the kid of those two people? She must have got these the weirdest recessive genes uh, ever. Uh, oh. She looks no, no, nothing no. like either. Uh, when of you them. saw when you finally saw Micah, like he looked like a little shorter, like a little stockier. I was like, okay, I now I get it. I dated Micah. Like oh, so. you have dated <laughs> Micah. Yeah, I've dated a lot of Micahs. <laughs> Look in the mirror. You are Micah. Ooh. I'm not that short. Mm. But mm. you are stocky, but nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I wish you were dead. Wait, no. Wow. Uh, so not not the trains, but uh, I think my favorite episode of the second season, but maybe both seasons, was episode four of season two, the Dungeons and Dragons episode. Yes. Uh, where each of the uh, members of the Alliance, they go through like a little stratagem of how they're going to like try to defeat the Horde. And my favorite is Bo, Basically, uh, uh, having all the characters dressed up as original She-Ra, uh, yes. that was a lot of fun. And, was, with, uh, and with Catra and her terrible cat puns, uh, so bad, but so good. It, it's so funny to me, too, because there was, you know, I know that we talked about the production studio for, for DreamWorks Animation. In Voltron, they also did a Dungeons & Dragons style oh. episode as well. And so I feel like whatever DreamWorks Animation decides to do next... We're probably going to get another really fun Dungeons and Dragons episode. And they all, it, they're nerds. And they all hit every single yeah. time. You're like, oh, this is instantly relatable and I want more of it. Well, the yeah. visual representation, I think, is what really nailed it. Because like, yeah. even Glimmer having more like the noir kind of thing was yeah. like just the way they changed every time. And then it was, I guess it was Mira, like the... She was like queen of the sea. Like Mermista was Mermista like. Mermista was Sierra. Sierra, that's what it was. <laughs> like, I just, it definitely like, and it also had good comedic timing and pacing to like pick up over time where it just kept coming funnier and funnier because of how many people were getting involved in this. I wanted so many more references to like the original series, but they played it right. Yeah. They, they did it. It enough. was perfect. Yeah, yeah it was they did it right. Not it overdone a, at all. Yeah, it was enough fan service where yeah, like totally. I was immediately engaged and wanted more. Again, it's the hallmark, I think, of some good writing and kind of how they plan these season arcs is that if. My biggest complaint is that I just want more. I- I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, uh, as a reminder to all of us, mm-hmm. um, even though Sean is an ally, this is a gay podcast. So, let's talk about how fucking gay this cartoon is. Truly. Let's have Sean start. I actually, I actually, <laughs> I would like to. I'd like to because, you know, I came on back. Typical well, white. Well, that's just no. white bigotry. Man. I'm, I'm not having it. Mute his mic. Mute his mic. His mic is muted. <laughs> no, I want to actually, I want to make a correction because I came on. Uh, Are you correcting us again? Thanks, no. white yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. Muting him again. <laughs> Well, actually, okay, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> no, I want to say that, you know, I, I've i watched now one, two, and three a couple times, and I know that when I came on the show uh, last fall to kind of talk about season one, you know, I sort of posited the idea that I didn't really see a lot of kind of gay culture or coded language or, or things that were present in subsequent rewatches and having a chance to read more about Noelle Stevenson, I'm very wrong. I'm very wrong. There is stuff that is inherent to the show, and if I don't get it the first time, uh, that's totally fine. It's not necessarily for me. It's for everybody else who watches it, and I think the bonus and the thing that's advantageous about having Noelle Stevenson kind of spearhead and showrun all of this is that it's going to continue to remain squarely in the veins of this show and it's going to hit and it's going to relate for kids that this is going to mean a lot too. Right. And as a 39-year-old white straight guy 
who still watches cartoons and has a podcast about it. Guess hey, what? Hey, be nice to yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are yeah. never nice to Kalen about it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Have you He's met over 40, though. He's over Listen, 40. Can I interrupt you? I also look younger yeah. than You're going to have to apologize on another podcast because no one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Go apologize on yours with your 33,000 listeners. You might as Sean. well just shout it in a pillow. <laughs> I, no. I but mean, enough I, about your sex life. I, um, I think that these things are important. You know, I've said this about She-Ra, the, the Rocco's Modern Life movie, mm. Static Kling that came out. Right. There was a lot of stuff that was in there that was very ally-friendly. I'm glad to see that, you know, more groups are including this. I'm glad to see that more groups are, are uh, reaching out and contacting Glad mm. to be able to have them consult on some of these cartoons. Because For sure. this is insanely important. And the reason that I've had every single one of you on my show previously is because, like, you've all had fun experiences with cartoons. And these things all mean a lot to you. And you've had different experiences, and that's what makes this worthwhile. That's what makes this much richer. So what do you think of the gay subtext of Bo having two fathers? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was – I loved that – like, when yeah. they got to his place, I loved every I moment like, of that. Whoa, big reveal. That Boom. Was, that <laughs> was one of the best episodes, I think, in this – like, in season two. Is it was the yeah. finale it was, of season the finale. two. Yeah. yeah. That was so much fun to watch. It was great, and I loved, like, how – like clearly one father was like the dorkier one the one who was like I'm gonna go get snacks I'm like oh yeah I know that guy that's <laughs> fun because well, yeah. even like in TV guys, shows yeah. you still need to have their parents be complete opposites so yeah. like every kid show always has this like yeah. the two types of personalities it doesn't matter what gender they have I'm the be. quirky one yeah. I'm the stern I'm the serious one I'm the disciplinarian <laughs> so it's just really funny to see it'll that be fine I also love that like in that episode Bo has to come out to them as a non-historian slash adventure slash part of the Princess Alliance. Uh, I will say, going back to Noel Stevenson for a second, uh, uh, some of us went to FlameCon a couple weeks ago, and we went to a panel uh, where another podcast, uh, Jay and Miles, were talking about the subtext and text of of, uh, LGBTQ in X-Men. And uh, Jay basically said that every X-Men is queer, or every Marvel character could possibly be. I think Noel Stevenson has said... Everybody yeah. in Shira is queer. Yeah, like there is fluidity there. Uh, they uh, may, you know, ostensibly be attracted to one sex, uh, but they could be uh, attracted to the opposite sex. Can I make a contradiction to that? I think the horde is straight. And I think that mm. they're trying to extract all of the fun, uh, interesting Scorpia? things that Scorp- makes us Scorpia powerful straight. in order to fuel their awful society. No, I think they're all gay, too. There's that one. There's that the henchwoman who's got like that cool ass haircut. She's gay. Oh, she's got a definitely wants that to reptile know. that doesn't speak. So gay. Oh my! Came God. up to me at bar. Came on to me hard. Hordak <laughs> came defi- up and came on. <laughs> uh, Hordak definitely wants to fuck Hordak Prime, and they're clones, so that oh. makes a twin set. Uh, you know what? <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> I flipped my position, just like Hordak would. <laughs> Man, nailed it. Uh, I think but they're all they're all fucking gay. It's all, really strange. We're all queer. So uh, when when we reviewed the original Shira, right? I I watched it. I watched a bunch of ep- old episodes, and I was looking for gay subtext. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny, like watching the show now and doing the opposite, where I'm like, oh oh, where's the straight stuff? I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm looking shit? for. Now. It's such a weird. It's such a weird thing that they turned on it. Like I it feels nice but and to, to your point like it was still a great enjoyable show so right. kudos to the writer being like there's some queer stuff in here if you catch it you'd 
I mean, you're going to catch two gay dads. But other <laughs> right, than that, right, right, like, right. if you catch it, yay. If you don't, also yay. Who cares? Yeah, who yeah. cares? It's still a wonderful <laughs> That's story. That's a she promise. You're going to yeah. catch two dads. Oh, <laughs> oh, baby, you're going to see two dads before Hey, you. Dadora. <laughs> that will never get old. <laughs> and to the point, you know, we were talking about the original she You know, there are moments where you had said probably one of my favorite lines of the original she that we reviewed was just that, that moment that you saw Bo in that crop top in the original, which he still had, you were like, that was a very important gay moment in my life. And so there are still some of those things that were in even the original, like when you were still looking for some of the gay language that was in it. So when you when you saw She-Ra, because I didn't watch it as a kid. I was too young. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's Netflix and <laughs> yeah. Amazon Prime. Like, no, you, you were too, back you were too poor. Your family didn't have television. We all had TVs, so it's different. It's important <laughs> that the young, wow. the, the being young part is important because I think when I was young, I would pick up on gay subtext just because I'm so desperate yeah. for any of it. That's exactly because right. I'm just young. Like now, I'm yeah. just swimming in it. You know. <laughs> I'm up to my balls Swimming in dicks. Do you go to bed with your husband? I'm like, there's too much subtext here. I don't. Where is this actually leading, though? <laughs> oh, where's uh, the straight shit? Brent is dom text. Um, but like, like, okay, so when you go back and watch it, though, like, is it that you can't find any gay subtext there, or is it that you've no, seen it already? No, no, no. I can point out three specific um, blowjobs <laughs> <laughs> that I saw on camera. Uh, no, that I could definitely point out some certain like things. I don't even know if the writers actually knew it at the time, but it came oh, off. Oh, they fucking knew it. <laughs> He-Man, this, it's a spinoff of He-Man. He-Man was full of gay subtext. Yeah, and also it's like there are writers and then there are animators. So like, mm. there's a longer process of making a show. Also, they have to know. Also, there's people that name uh, the the actual characters. One of them is called like, Cock smash or something like that. They're, they're like, <laughs> his name was Fisto. He Fisto. was in. Oh, right. It's Fisto. So, Brent, do you think this was something where the writers were like, let's write a real straight show? And then the animators were like, let's make this horny. No. I, How horny can I, this get? I, I, oh, Hornack. He's my favorite. You, oh, perfect. Do you mean the, you mean the original yeah. Shira? Because I think so. It, you, that's like the worst case scenario, but I think the writers knew. I think it's like there's like a lot of stories in like show production and Hollywood where. Basically, a lot of producers know that there's a gay subtext, but they don't tell all mm. the actors and performers in it because they don't want them to not do the project right. knowing that yeah, there's gay like, subtext. Yeah, uh, like Batman Forever. <laughs> uh, or or more, perhaps more Batman famously, Ben-Hur. They lied to Charlton Heston about it being a really, really gay movie that was written by Gore Vidal, and he signed on to do it, mm. and everyone else is like, yeah, they're fucking sucking each other's dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and Charles is like, this is amazing. I am so straight. So do you think he was like, I'm sparkling? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the subtext is Ben. Her? Her? Yeah. Who's when you try to create something that's so straight that you, like refuses to give any sort of queer references, yeah. uh, you can. it becomes way gayer. So though. I knew, yeah. Do you ever know someone that's so straight that you're like, you're gay? I've seen, uh, oh, <laughs> it's like those pornos where there's this guy and a girl having sex, and then another guy shows up, and you're like, this is going to get gay real quick. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the subtext he was what? looking at as a kid. I couldn't read that so, joke very well. Yeah, I was like, okay. what? Uh. But for real, I knew a guy in college who was so, so quote unquote straight, but he dressed really well and he was generally good looking. And metrosexual. And people, and pe- yeah, metrosexual basically. People thought he was gay 
and he hated it, and he hated it so much that he wouldn't eat anything that was white. He wouldn't eat white ice cream, oh, God. sour cream, that, whipped that cream. Seemed, what? Yeah, because he was like, I don't want to look. I want. I don't want to eat anything that looks like semen, and except so, for my own. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and 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 the so, guy next door. I didn't even draw that correlation. Yeah. No one's gonna be like, "Are you eating a bowl full of cum? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that cum you're eating?" He they, wasn't very smart. Hey, Adora, they how's don't the cum serve cereal? that. They do not serve that, and I've looked. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just to make this like very personal about that particular friend of yours, in high school, I did theater the entire time, and I was made fun of and called gay by other straight kids who were doing theater with me. <laughs> So that's, that's the hierarchy. Insane. You're so sucking stoop. a dick, Todd, <laughs> while you're calling me gay. Yeah, it was. It this was is why we're never going to be on Collider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I know Clark isn't here, but I heard that Clark may have had some questions that he wrote in. Yeah, he said, why did you guys watch this show? <laughs> oh yeah. It was awful. He really did not enjoy the show at all. He the, the only thing he did enjoy was... He did say Entrapta was amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. This I, was his last Jedi. Wouldn't you say so, Ryan? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I think. It's, <laughs> why is it called D23 again? <laughs> 23 dicks. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. That's the it's porno the that Brent was talking about. It's a guy and a girl. And then another guy. And then another one. And then another one until 23. But the trick is there's only 11 of them. They're all 23 years old. <laughs> Um, yeah. What? <laughs> what? Well, what I, was that? I will say I can. I know how Clark would describe the show, and I can see his perspective. Can you with, do it in his voice? Real yeah, quick? yeah. Oh, this is stupid. There's there's a ton of other kids kids shows that have a lot more nuance and complexities and depth. You should try to watch this one and, and that one. <laughs> Oh, and that's the rest of my episode. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like Actually, it. Clark is making a lot of good points. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that, like, I think he he is definitely, um, what is it? He, like, he bites into shows when they're, like, r- heavy-handed. And, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, actually, sure. for sure. It's a heavy-handed show. Like, they there's a lot of the same discussions constantly, like, even with Angela and her and Glimmer, like, their mother-daughter relationship. It's like, there is a lot of this heavy, but I'm also, it's like, it's a fucking kid show, Clark. Like, get over it. My, like, my only complaint that I have with the show, because we kind of just, we, we, we praised it, but I, the only complaint is the humor isn't that good. I, I touch on it a little bit. I, it really is a little bit too pandering to kids. You can have a show like Steven Universe, and there's a lot mm, of correlations you can draw to Steven Universe yes. with this show. But, like... It can be a little bit funnier. Like some of the characters kill, others are very tough. Yeah, wanna, that's true. I want to say the joke, the reoccurring joke that they had over all of season three was the holding cell joke about the spare bedroom. When that, when they rested that for five episodes, and then Micah came back, and he's like, "Wait, is this bring?" Uh, I did, put him in the holding I, cell. Yeah. What? what? The spare bedroom. That was such a good adult joke. Like, that was such a good funny. adult joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's a smartly written joke. Yeah, yeah, it was really well done. But just like, like fumbling on banana peels isn't my... I did love the joke of Bo getting his power by like ripping off the bottom of his shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. So last question for everybody before we wrap up. Uh, what do we hope to see in season four? Uh, Hordak turn more neutral and have like it's almost like good Hordak yeah well so I the way that I see it is that there's they're gonna have to obviously team up against Hordak Prime but I want them teaming up and like constantly trying to fuck them over in order to take over the planet anyway. yeah like Hordak's motivation would be 
get a, get rid of the uh, horde, the other horde, and then weaken them in Ruled. the process. Or, like, yeah. or take over the horde even. Like I bet there'll be like some sort of snippet there where it's like they just have to get a crystal and then all of a sudden they can control the horde. I think I'd like to see new, better princesses. Mm. Uh, Princess I. I kind of miss that. Prince, wow. Prince Rosies. <laughs> or, or maybe let <laughs> Natasa say something. Oh, Natasa's the best. Why did she not do anything this season? Anything. Let Spinderella put a beat down. <laughs> they were making out the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would like to say the thing that I would like to see the most is I would like the Bow and Seahawk sing-along episode that Noelle Stevenson has Potentially hinted at. Ooh. Ooh. Sean, I love you. Oh I love you so much. That's exactly what I uh, want too. Yeah. I didn't just know that. Just like a straight white man to want two <laughs> queer men just singing songs the whole thing for 22 minutes. How dare you? I think my, my co host for Saturday Morning Cartoons had pitched the idea to Marcus Scribner, who's the voice of Bo, and Bo said he was kind of interested, and then he. Dave also posited it to Noelle Stevenson, and she said, any chance to get the two of them to uh, sing that's is amazing. Perfect. Oh, I so kind of love that humble brag a little bit. Like, <laughs> I, I love like, it. Oh, I was just, my co-host was like, talking to like one of the voice actors. But and was I it? Didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to do that, so I'm living vicariously like mm. everybody here through my friend. My here. mom's sister's nephew, who works with the girl at school, also sent a Twitter to Noelle Stevenson, and she didn't answer it. Sent a, <laughs> sent a Twitter. <laughs> do you mean, Twitter. Do you mean eight Sharon, at Sharon49? Because I follow her on Twitter. <laughs> She's great. Mostly PTA meetings. What do you want to see, Caleb? <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, I would like to see the invasion of the Big Horde come in. Um, I think um, maybe finding a way to have like the Horde act that's on Etheria, uh, f- feeling a little conflicted. I don't think he'll become neutral or necessarily good, but I do think... Uh, I, I I do think his motivation will get um, a little bit suspect there, and I'd like to see Entrapta working with the side of the angels again. Um, I really like that character a lot. I think mm-hmm. she's very interesting. I love that like she'll work with whomever as long as she gets to do tech uh, right. and like build things. Um, and I think it'd be kind of cool to see her, you know, be a good guy again. I'm taking this out five seconds longer because at the end of the series, I want Katra to rule over the Crimson Waste. That's what I thought was going to happen in this season. I was really upset that it didn't. <laughs> I want that too. So this season was filled with uh, humanizing the the horde side of it. I want to see the bad side of the princess side. Ooh. I agree. Yeah. So do the Ooh, yeah. do the same that they did. Flush them out and see the how they're more flawed. Frosta, she's a real and then also queen. let's have all the princesses actually work together and not yes. form a rainbow. I love rainbows, blah blah blah. But <laughs> let's have them actually work together like in a collaborative. That's homophobia. <laughs> Number one, gays can't actually work together. Number two, <laughs> <laughs> homophobia sounds like the name of a princess, the really bad princess. Oh yeah, I like that. Brent po- posits it like being gay is being Sith. Yeah, there's always an apprentice. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we've been Homo Superior, joined by Sean Paul Ellis from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thanks again, Sean. Thank you, guys. Uh, where hey, can Adora. we find you? Uh, Gay oh. Adora? How do you want to end it? No, let him plug <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, you can check out our show, Saturday Morning Cartoons, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, where we release a new episode every week as a part of Collider.com. You can check it out there. And if you want to check out our She-Ra episode where we have a chance to talk to Marcus Scribner and Noel Stevenson, it's episode 242. So thank you guys so much. And uh, hey, Adora. Why don't we say bye? <laughs> <laughs>